Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Do you want to cleanse after eating too much Halloween candy? Do you want to have energy to deal with your relatives and all the travel? Eat nutrient-dense food that's quick and easy with Factor Meals. That's what I do. Sometimes I'm just too busy to cook on my busy schedule, and I want to make sure I'm eating well. And with Factor, I don't have to run to the grocery store. I don't have to chop, prep, and clean up either. And I get flavor and nutritional quality that I look for to give me the energy to keep doing what I do. It is cold and flu season, and I found over time that when I've been eating well, I recover quicker from uh, cold and flu symptoms. And during this time of year, you want to be able to get out and do things without feeling like you're going to be sick for two weeks afterwards. The clean eating and nutrient density in Factor Meals makes me more confident that I'm going to fight back against all the germs that are out there circulating during this time of year. Factor provides over 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that does support a healthy lifestyle and will meet your meal preferences with their variety, all delivered right to your door and ready to pull out of the refrigerator and heat up and eat in two minutes. You don't have to wait 45 minutes for delivery, worry if the food's going to be cold, worry about how much to tip, and mess around with the delivery app. Every week you get a box of meals and they're in your fridge ready to go. They also have an assortment of 45 plus add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes and smoothies. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice too. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity at their production and site offices. So, this November, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com wade50 and use code wade50 to get 50% off. That's code wade50 at factormeals.com slash wade50 to get 50% off. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, PW Torch and Spreaker bring you the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. It's time for Wade and his co-host to dive into the listener mailbag. Five years ago this week, Jason Paul joined me for a special mailbag edition of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. And we had some interesting topics, including someone asking whether Cody Rhodes could be a centerpiece star of a national wrestling company. Now then we were thinking AEW, but here he is in WWE five years later as a borderline centerpiece star, depending on your definition of centerpiece star. And you might be on the verge of it after WrestleMania this coming year. Also, we talked about ROH post-elite departures. What kind of shape was ROH in after losing several top names, access to several top names because of the launch of AEW and the EVPs? Also, the options for Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and Ronda Rousey. And could Vince McMahon ever be seen embracing Asuka as a top star? Or does he not look at her that way? All that and more covered in this mailbag that originally dropped on November 30th, 2018, just over five years ago this week. This is the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, five years ago, mailbag flashback for Monday, December 3rd, 2023. Don't forget, you can always contribute to current episodes of the flagship, including this Tuesday when Jason Paul joins me. Send your questions or comments to Wade Keller Podcast at gmail.com. That's Wade Keller Podcast at gmail.com. Prior to this, we were promoting Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. We are switching to Gmail just to combat some uh, spam issues. So uh, mark that down if it autofills. You want to make sure it's being sent to at Gmail. All right, here we go with this uh, fascinating mailbag from five years ago. All right, let's begin our mailbag segment, uh, Jason, with a question about Cody Rhodes. Um, The answer is three. (laughs) Okay, good. Um, How many title reigns will Cody have of any kind in 2019? Wow, Jason. Ooh, look at that. Yeah. Uh, no, Grant uh, says, I know Cody's a free agent and is probably about to do the All Elite Wrestling thing, but do you think ROH would be willing to put the belt back on him since he's in the main event of their biggest pay-per-view. Now, we talked about this in the last session. What are the odds that ROH throws a curveball and works something up with Cody? And they really do do that. And it's not just to lose the title again at the TV tapings, but he actually holds it a little bit into the new year. What what are the odds of that given the landscape? Oh, I mean, 
it it seemed like things haven't gone well with Cody and ROH management. Yeah. But hey, I mean, there's nothing standing in the way of that. I wouldn't think. I I I'd even heard like he already worked out an extension because he was supposed to be done before final battle. Yeah. And not that it's you know that it's a long term extension, but just one that'll get him through this stretch. So, I mean, never say never on something like that happening as far as overall title reigns goes. I guess, it, you know, let's see where he ends up. That that one's just, I'll stick with my three just because. But, um, <laughs> I mean, we don't even know where he's going to be wrestling or anything yeah. like that in 2019. What, what How big of a deal is Cody? I mean, outside of podcasts like this and, and knowing what he's doing behind the scenes and all that. Is, is he someone who could be the centerpiece of all elite wrestling as their world champion, a top heel, a top baby face. I mean, I, I was there for the magic of all in, and that was a really cool special moment and um, for so many different reasons, and it was a big party. But it does all elite wrestling risk becoming the Jeff Jarrett-centric TNA, dare I say? I don't think so. Um, I, I think Cody is a guy who can be a major face of, of a company, and I say a rather than the. I, I think he's a great piece of the puzzle you know i i don't think you need wwe goes overboard with their desire to have a face of the company and and all the forcing of roman reigns that they tried to do to get him into that position i think it's okay to be a company that has several major players and you know they're if that one guy emerges as as your uh, poster boy for the company awesome but if he's not there then a nice collection of Cody and the Bucks, and if Omega's involved in them, I mean, I, I would say Omega over Cody, um, if you're going to go with, like, really try to build around one guy, but I think Cody's a big part of it. Yeah, yep, I, I think that's that's a real fair assessment. All right, so let's set the table here and introduce ourselves. I'm Wade Keller, the host of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, and this is the Friday, November 30th, 2018 edition my co-host today is Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net. It's always great to have him on this show to provide his analysis and conversation on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast. We've been doing the flagship show either weekly or now lately every three weeks, dating back to 2010 when I was at uh, on the PW Torch Livecast. And it is uh, always great to have him on. And we're doing a double shot again this week. Yesterday was the Thursday flagship. Today is Mailbag Friday, a bonus edition of Jason Powell joining me to talk about current events of professional wrestling and answering your questions that you've sent to Wade Keller Podcast at pwtorch.com. We've got a lot more uh, to get into. We're going to actually save the women's emails, the women's division emails for later, so we have some energy um, to uh, to cover some of the other topics first. Uh, but we do have some pretty good emails to stir some conversation on what's going on with, with Becky and Charlotte and Rhonda and Naya and Asuka. So that's coming up. Um, just a note, you can follow me on Twitter at the Wade Keller, and you can follow our brand at PWTorch, pwpodcasts.com. More content up there now uh, throughout the week than we've seen in a while. All right. So um, I want to get back to Jason Powell now from ProWrestling.net. We got a lot of email to get to, and we'll get to that right after this. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Up next, uh, Brooks says, hey, wait, I love your podcast. I've never emailed you before, but I wanted to voice my opinion on that awkward moment when Baron Corbin told Alexa Bliss she looked good. I don't think he was being a creep or hitting on her. I think it was a case of terrible script reading. I think he was supposed to mean, hey, if you look good, then I look good. Or if you do a good job, that makes me look like I'm doing a good job. Referring to how her performance reflects on him. Sure. And he totally botched it. Anywho, that's what I think. Let me know what you think of that theory if you read this. Not VIP yet, but I plan on it. Reason number one, I love the content, and you're my favorite podcaster. And reason number two, the same ad runs a ton of times during the episodes, and I listen at work, and sometimes I just want to throw my phone at the wall. <laughs> and by, <laughs> by the way, if you get ads, when you get ads on the show, we're not inserting them. Like, you're not hearing the same ads everybody else is. Oh, I am. No, no, but you're not hearing the same ads that other people are hearing. 
Uh, How is that how it works? Yeah, it's dynamic digital insertion. So they know what time you're listening. They probably know more about you than you want them to know about you, the way advertising works these days. They're and, in your basement. And and if you're in the United Kingdom, you're hearing different ads than somebody in New York. If you're listening at 2 a.m. on a Saturday, you're definitely hearing different ads than if you download the show and listen to it in, in uh, at noon on a Wednesday and if there's a flux of inventory at that exact moment, then you're going to get – if there's an increase, you're going to hear different ads. And if you're listening um, at another certain time, there's advertisers who pay a little bit less to be remnant inventory to fill unfilled premium inventory. And then you get to hear the same ad over and over. So your experience with the ads that you hear – and this applies to when you watch YouTube. And there's you know the ads that get inserted in the middle of watching a video – it, it's not it, – it's digital and it, it's not random, but it, it's not the same thing for each person at on the same given day in in, in, in the in every region in the country. It varies. So anyway, I get – asked that enough. I figured I should at some point throw that in there. That's why I get so many erectile dysfunction ads. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so l- what was his question? Oh, yeah. That is a, a really intriguing theory. That makes me want to go back and rewatch that um, because, yeah, he said, you look good. I look good. And I you want- just delivered it better than he did if that was the intent. <laughs> right. Well, I'm trying to be I'm trying to think like could that ex- those exact words have been said where the people producing it who saw who if they weren't just zoned out. You know, like okay, the script is written, the person who wrote the script isn't there. Baron Corbin just reading lines and he maybe misinterpreted the lines that were written, so he delivered it a certain way, but the director or the producer of the segment is only half paying attention or also knows what the intent is. And so it doesn't think about how it's actually coming across to people who don't know what the intent was supposed to be. And I'm kind of buying this. I actually think well, they did it live. Or they did a live. True. Yeah. That, I, I don't know if they did or not. That's a good point, too. Yeah, I, I think that's very possible. Um, because okay. either way, he botched it. Because if it's meant to be, you know, he's, he's complimenting her on her looks, you'd think he would have been creepier, you know. You look good. I look good. <laughs> right. But there was none of that. Yeah, it was just a it, either way a poorly delivered line. I from looking at him, I I think the emailer is right just the way he played it. Um she yeah. was kind of giving him the doe eyes a little bit throughout the segment. So if you're looking at her, you might think, "Oh, so they're trying to set up some weird romance thing between these two." But no, I I, th- I think he's right. Yeah, I do too. That really actually explains it and and i hadn't thought of that so good job brooks email again when you can figure something out that we spent all week trying to figure out and couldn't uh all right brian from phoenix arizona senior pw torch vip subscriber says the return of the dynamic duo no way jose discuss that's it thanks jason (laughs) a guy who has a lot of charisma yeah. Um, that hasn't been treated well on the main roster. They ruined him the moment they had the conga line with the Adam Rose reject Rosebuds. And, yeah, I mean, it's, he's just in no man's land. I, I was really impressed by him. We saw him at that NXT house show, and, and he teamed with Shinsuke Nakamura. And this was, you know, first time getting to see Nakamura in person. And yet I was still finding myself drawn to what Jose was doing at different times. And, so I, I think he has a lot of just natural charisma. I think there's a coolness to him, and I just think that on the main roster, none of it shines through. Yeah, it's it's too bad because there's something there, and it's weird. I would think Vince would the, – the problem with Vince is when he sees somebody like No Way Jose with a gimmick like that or Adam Rose or uh, Fandango, he leaves out the credible in-ring 
performance, the, the, the viability of victory against serious competitor aspect of it, and they get defined down as a sideshow act with a, with a, with a short shelf life. They are the designated comedy. And No Way Jose, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, showed more than that in NXT. No, no, he maybe is called up too soon, um, and should have had a chance to develop that person, that that side of him more. But he can have the the conga line and not have it just be the single one dimension that defines him, and actually be credible in the ring. And he could be so valuable. He's in, in being a guy who, if you win, it means something. And he's not that guy right now. He is turn the channel guy because once the ring entrance is over, they've done nothing to make you care about him. Well, at least they had Jinder Mahal in that match to keep us all glued to our televisions. Yeah, I, people were blaming, you know, calling it, you know, I asked outside correspondents, you know, what was the low point of the show for crowd interaction? They go, oh, the No Way Jose match. And I'm like, no, no, no. I know you were there, but that was the Jinder Mahal match. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to blame No Way Jose for, I'm not saying he helped, but if Jinder Mahal's in the ring and the crowd's not interested, it's because of Jinder. What they preceded that match was something awful, too. I don't remember what it was, because I just remember sitting there watching going, this can't get any worse. And then all of a sudden, here comes the conga line, like, oh, my God. And then, okay, I think Jinder was already out there. So I think it was the women's match, Ember Moon and somebody, and uh, Alicia. Yeah, that that could have been it. Um, yeah, I mean, I know that they don't, you know, now that they don't have the overrun anymore. And boy, has there been yeah. a backlash against that. People are like, I want my extra eight minutes of superfluous <laughs> third-hour filler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> To, to stretch this out. Um, and yet they still find time for Jinder Mahal and No Way Jose on the show. Well, and they should have, there should be room for them. They should just do a better job in the pre, in the previous three to six months making us care about it when it happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it, this is, I mean, I'm, I sort of sound like I'm ripping on Jinder, and I am a little bit. Um, it, it kind of in fun, but uh, No Way Jose and Jinder should both mean more than they do, and it's mostly on the booking, pre, especially with No Way Jose, it's mostly on the booking presentation. Jinder certainly got his heavy, he got pushed above his, his talent and charisma level, and now he's kind of paying a price for it a little bit. But well, but he shouldn't have just free-fallen right back down to that no-man's land. I mean, he's a former WWE champion, protect him a little bit, have him do some key jobs so they actually mean something. Unlike when Apollo beat him and they, oh, after watching him lose for six months, oh, he just beat the former WWE champion. Like, anyone's going to think this is an important moment. What's your theory on why the, uh, oh, I shouldn't say theory, but what do you think it means that the overrun, oh, no, no, hang on. Now I know what I was going to say. What is your, now that theory applies. I have two things I want to talk about. What is your theory on the Jinder Mahal uh, meditation type stuff that he's pushing? Like, it's got to be Vince McMahon being like, what is this stuff? And oh, let's yeah. make fun yeah, of it. We've talked like, about this before. Yeah. yeah this, this is, I, I think Vince just doesn't get, like, uh, he finds people who meditate and do yoga to be losers and, and his all jock steak eating world. And, uh, therefore, you know, if he thinks it's funny, the rest of the world must be looking down on them, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, Vince. What Who does it worse, though? Matt Seidel or Jinder Mahal? Because they're kind of doing the same gimmick. Uh, Matt Stryker. I, it's that one. It, it really irritates me because <laughs> he has he's just come out of his shell. He is a good talker now. That gimmick is so freaking limiting. It just screams this this guy doesn't matter. He is a mid-card nobody. And if they would get rid of it yep. and just drop the third eye stuff, I yep. really think he could mean something in that company. Yeah, I think it does do more damage to Seidel than it does to uh, um, to Jinder. Because I think 
with Jinder, it sort of feels like a gimmick that fits the level he should be at. Um, but, you know, I mean, yeah, okay. Enough on that. Uh, my other topic, what, I brought up the overrun, but uh, did, did that set off any anything with you in terms of the overrun being dropped? Like, uh-oh, USA is losing some faith in WWE, or is it not really that big of a deal? It's just cutting off a little bit of, you know, a, a part of the stem on a vegetable that you're cooking in soup, and it's no big deal. Um, don't overthink it. It was uh, an idea that was 10 years past. It's it's any right it had to even be of value. I guess somewhere in the middle. I mean, you would think if it was still doing the big numbers that it once did, you know, unfortunately, we don't get those quarter hour numbers like we used to. That would have, I think, told the story there. And it was it. Are are people still watching the last hour of primetime and flipping over to see what the the big angle on Raw is that week? And if they're not, well, then it tells you that USA is or um, or, you know, maybe they just don't find the value in it. They once did. Or maybe those uh, modern family reruns or whatever they end up having on after Raw were doing better numbers than um, than than what the overrun was. I know it, it it had to be irritating for USA Network to have these these staggered start times for other shows just so WWE could put eight minutes of crap in that third hour of Raw so that they could then justify r- running over uh, on that third hour into the overrun. So now, if only they would figure out that Raw doesn't need a third hour. We're, we're inching closer. Will you? I feel like we are. I mean, that would be so nice. Yes, it so would. Nice. I mean, and, and I don't mean that like from a selfish standpoint of oh, one less hour of work. Like no. that's it, it, that's not. It's just like it, the product is better when it hits that sweet spot. Every other sport is trying to figure out how to get their sporting events under two and a half hours, and and you know baseball, which pauses between pitches, and the NHL with with you know shorter time between periods, and n- n- try to take away timeouts from coaches and all this stuff. And the NBA it has made strides in that regard. And WWE, it's like more, more, more. And there just comes a level of it was like when they added the the brand specific pay per views, and they tried that two different times while they were raising the price, trying to make themselves look like they weren't less popular than they were during their boom period by finding short-term cheap ways to burn out the fans that they had who were willing to pay for everything, not realizing that when you, when you start throwing too much at them, it waters down the product, and within a couple years, the the accountants during that time, the, the corporate types, are like, hey, look, we kept revenue up. Well, you did, but you killed the golden goose. You, you burned right. out the fans, and this third hour of Raw, oh, it just... Imagine what I, – I just think Raw would be doing better numbers and be higher in that 18 to 49 demo without him. I'm not saying they haven't made more money than they would have with that third hour. And there's I think there's a narrow vision of people who kind of count the beans and go, well, look, WWE clearly has made more money on this TV deal because of that third hour. Well, yes, they have. But what price have they paid? In so many of the intangible ways that you only know if you study this product on a broader level than someone who doesn't know what pro wrestling is and you only look at spreadsheets. And if you know what pro wrestling is, you know that that third hour has led to overexposure of talent, burning out feuds, burning out uh, fan interest in certain wrestlers, speeding up feuds past the pace that they should be in, having fans experience stretches of downtime when they're not interested in the product that they should be passionate about and left wanting more. You've hurt network subscribership because fans are left at the end of Rob exhausted instead of going, I want more. Let me sign up for the network. I mean, there's all these intangibles that have occurred as a result of this third hour that I think add up to costing them more than that than they gained in actual dollars in ad revenue and, and TV deals. And and besides that, it's just it 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 you should just want to put on the best show you can put on and assume everything else falls into place. Yeah, what Wade said. <laughs> All right, very good.
We invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments. That email address is wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. That's wadekellerpodcast at pwtorch.com. Also welcome your feedback on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the Wade Keller. That's at pwtorch and at the Wade Keller. We have uh, another question on Elite. Um, this I think we largely covered this, but uh, we'll see if we have anything to add. Uh, Andrew G says, how will the Elite Wrestling promotion affect the various wrestling promotions already in existence? Losing the Elite guy seems like a major blow to ROH, but do you think the Elite wrestlers will come up with some kind of talent-sharing deal so people will be able to work multiple companies like Impact, ROH, MLW, etc.? This is kind of a blend of the uh, WWE and, and what they did what they've done with, uh, with the, the new contracts are offering UK-based talent and saying, you know, you can work other shows but not on uh, TV or streaming or pay-per-view and not against other opponents that aren't signed to contracts. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I guess it depends on how big of a schedule they, they plan to run and how much money they're willing to throw to just have people sit at home on weekends that they're not running TV or live events. But I guess, Jason, I would lean towards the, the talent that all, that the All Elite Wrestling promotion signs, if this gets up and running, will be allowed to work other dates. But I think, ironically, it'll be similar to WWE's terms on the UK wrestlers. They don't want All Elite talent that are going to be on TBS or wherever, you know, to, to then also be working TV with a different gimmick on MLW TV. That just will look ridiculous. And I think All Elite Wrestling is aspiring to be more than, well, there's this wrestler who we signed a big money, a big money deal, and they portray this character on this channel, but a couple nights from now you can watch them portray a different character or be uh, under the auspices of a different booking team uh, wrestling on this other network. I, I don't think they're going to, that, that will come across, I think, as minor league. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with what you said there. I mean, that you kind of get that with, uh, well, Lucha Underground, MLW, Impact Wrestling, they all have kind of their own talent here and there, but there is a lot of crossover. And and I don't, if, if it's going to be a, a, a big time outfit, I, I don't think you're going to see that. I, I do think, you know, guys will have the freedom if they're not running a, a, a ton of house shows and things to be able to go do them. I mean, it's all speculatory, but I, I would think it, it makes sense for them to kind of lock some talent down and um, maybe in some cases just, you know, use independent, true independent contractors that you're not signing to come in and, do some work for you, maybe even in short spurts. Everybody's so hung up on, you know, long-term contracts. But in this day and age, I mean, with WWE signing so many people, it might make it tough. Um, but I, I think you can just use some true independence to kind of round out your cards and things like that as well. All right, up next, uh, Jermaine from Chicago. Hello, Jason and Wade. First, let me give some props to Jason. You okay with this, Jason? It's about time. <laughs> if you're a fan of Wade, then you should subscribe to Jason's site also, ProWrestling.net. Jason is really good at talking sports. Uh, Jason, can people subscribe to your site at a discount this week? They absolutely can. Well, yes. What is that again? What if they miss that? They need to go to PWMembership.net and enter the coupon code CYBER18, CYBER18, all together, and they will get... $6.50 off. You're going to get a month of ProWrestling.net membership for $1. PWmembership.net, Cyber18. All right. Try it out, folks. Jermaine says it's worth it. And thank you, Jermaine. Yes. Uh, Even you're a Bears fan. <laughs> um, where is the homegrown talent in NXT? I love Rusev, and I think he's a complete professional pro wrestler. Patrick Clark looks promising despite the Hogan thing. We see all those young, no-name guys in the rings training. Where are they? NXT looks like a home for ROH and Impact talent. 
Um, okay, he's got a second question, but not related. So, um, how, yeah, how do you grade NXT? I mean, they, they, we hear, you know, they oh, here's the class of ex-football players and rugby players. And look at these bodies. They look like who Vince wants to be future main eventers. Where are they? Like, oh, it's, you know what? I, I think this gets overplayed. Um, Braun Strowman, um, Alexa Bliss, Roman Reigns. Um, Elias, I know, trained elsewhere, but I mean, you know, he, he feels it wasn't like he had a huge name on the independent scene. There are plenty of examples. I, and what difference does it make? I mean, I, I think, yeah, you're going to want to have some of those uh, big names. You're, you're, I don't know, but big name, but just uh, athlete crossover athletes do well. I, I get that, but I applaud them. Because I mean, old school WWE may have there. I mean, there were there were rumors early on that yeah, they're looking at uh, using those types rather than independent wrestlers, and they're not going to use Impact talent and all these different things, and none of it came to fruition. I get the best talent you can. I mean, the NFL doesn't have very many homegrown products. You know, you'll hear about the occasion, like the Vikings had a guy that came in from Germany that played another sport, and you'll get things like that once in a while, but. They all come from college football. You know? and so what difference does it make? I think we see these high-profile line photo ops of signings, and you're kind of looking for when is NXT going to produce a, a wave of talent that fit Vince McMahon's image of, of top main event-looking guys, the next Roman sure. Reigns types. And it does feel like there's a high – that there's a low graduation rate in that sense. I mean, you, you it's not zero, but – when they it, it, it and the thing is is I think it shows that if you're not a pro wrestling guy like you're like if you don't grow up loving wrestling and or you think it's oh that'd be fun and easy to try and you, you approach it in kind of a frivolous uh, a, a frivolous way a rampage Jackson way where it's just sort of like oh this would be fun um, you're you're it's not going to work like I think what Triple H is finding and I, I don't think it's a surprise to him. Is that you have to love professional wrestling and probably have tried to indie wrestle before you got the opportunity to take part in training at the Glossy Performance Center to outwork and have the passion and therefore connect with the audience and succeed enough to land on the TV show on a weekly basis, on the bigger house shows, on takeover specials, and land on Vince McMahon's radar. It just turns out, and we've said this forever, you can't just grab – I mean, it's the old power plant thing. You can't just grab – I mean, look what happened to Goldberg. Goldberg was a fin- absolutely was a success in a certain category, but he didn't understand the wrestling business enough to to navigate the politics that were necessary to get the most out of his career that he should have. And he did very well for himself because, I mean, there was right person, right time, good look, good enough athlete, um, carried himself like a star, had an ego that 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 served him well in that sense. But he wasn't a guy who was just a student of the business who wanted to get better and was there was ready to be a sustainable promo and in-ring worker when it came time to do more than squash people. And so the guys who are succeeding and that Vince McMahon ends up going to are Seth, Dean, AJ, Daniel Bryan. They are the glue. They are the main event glue. Drew McIntyre, main event glue that is necessary for the Braun Strowmans and the Eliases to work out. And whether they admit it or not, it, it, it's, the proof is in the product. That it's, it's the people who do come from the indie scene, who had to work hard to get the attention of the local indie promoter to get promoted to a main event, the ones who are working AAW in Chicago in front of hundreds of people and getting that crowd reaction and learning what it takes 
to get that reaction, those are the ones who ultimately end up being equipped to rise in the performance center in NXT. So, I mean, I, I don't think you can and, just... And it works the same way in other sports. That, I mean, that's true. The, you'll get an occasional Stephen Neal's a guy who came from uh, amateur wrestling and ended up having a nice career with the Patriots. But, you know, Brock Lesnar's an example of a guy that had all the physical tools. And just because he didn't you know, grow up playing football and didn't play in college, he just got a late start. And, you know, they were willing to work with him and send him to Europe, but he didn't want to do that. But he wasn't... He couldn't just step on the field and do that. You know, I mean, he played preseason and, and it was what it was. But um, beyond that, you know, you, you don't find too many guys uh, or women who can just jump into a sport without having that passion for it and actually succeed. Exactly. And I just think you got to cut your teeth on, on the indie scene and, and make an impact in, in, in that, in those situations in order to have what it takes to get, to get to the next level in, in WWE, so and you know, I'm I'm real curious about Trevor Lee um, and how he does. In, oh yeah, uh, in WWE, I think uh, I mean I I was sort of rooting for ROH to sign him because I just think he could have been that that the, one of the like three new signings that would have just given ROH new life for the next year or two, and would have been a guy that I'm like, okay, I need to order this pay. You know, I think fans would be like, I need to order this pay per view to see Trevor Lee defend the ROH title or challenge for the ROH World Title. I think he could have been that guy, and I know Bruce Mitchell has seen him on the indie scene locally for years, and and has touted him. Impact, I think, greatly underutilized him, and he'll be a, a, hopefully in a long line of names where Impact's brain trust, creative minds, just didn't see and didn't utilize him the way that that they should have and could have, because they are perpetually hung up on if you didn't star, uh, if you don't look like a WWE superstar the way Vince McMahon frames it, or you haven't been on WWE TV, then eh, you know. We're not quite sure how to how to take advantage of you and make you a star. Uh, Trevor Lee has a chance in, in now in the WWE system, and I'm curious how he does. I mean, he's he's maybe just at the height threshold to uh, to, to to be in the mix with uh, some of the top SmackDown guys. You know, some of the top guys right now in SmackDown and Raw. I think he'll do well in NXT. I, I worry about what comes after that, like I do for everybody uh, well, right. when, with Vince McMahon in charge. Yeah. What do you what do you think of Lars Sullivan, by the way, and, and what he might do? I'm guessing now he ends up on Raw. You know, at first it was like, well, he's not, it, he is a monster, but he's not the tallest monster. I don't know that you want to put him in there with your Brawns and Brocks and people like that. He might be better off being a guy where he can look like a, a real monster over on the, the smaller SmackDown brand. But Raw has nothing going for it right now. They need the talent. I thought SmackDown on Tuesday really did a nice job of just laying out what their current programs are. Um, you, you know, just segment by segment, whether it was a heel attacking a baby face, you can just see, okay, here's the current list of programs. On Raw, it's just, uh, I, I know they just put too many eggs in the basket of Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman. And so it, what you're getting now is a brand that just doesn't have anything going for it because Vince McMahon ignored everyone. He let Finn Balor become what he's become. And, and he, I, I mean, the, the one guy they protected is Drew McIntyre. And it seems like even he's losing steam because he's in this awful three-man temporary faction that has no chemistry with Baron Corbin and Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it's Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose, Drew McIntyre. Those are the people on Raw that feel like they matter. And everybody else is either underwhelming, Lashley, 
or just has been abused from a character standpoint, has been misused by Vince McMahon. And so he's paying the price for that now. I think they desperately need new talent. And so that's why I think Lars ends up there. Yeah. Yep. By the way, Trevor Lee and ACH had a 60-minute draw uh, this past weekend in, on AAW Pro Wrestling over in, uh, in Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago. I had a chance to be there, um, uh, uh, I guess, a couple months ago now and in that building, and I wish I was there for that match. Um, that would have been uh, pretty special. It sounds like it was tremendous. Wait, he can be more than a hayseed like they portray him in every impact creative regime ever? <laughs> yes, yes. Are you a nostalgic wrestling fan? Do you want to hear about shows you haven't seen in 10, 20, maybe even 30 years? Well, I have the show for you. I'm PWTorch.com contributor Frank Bediani, and since December of 2020, I've hosted Pro Wrestling Then and Now. Together with a rotating chair of co-hosts, we go back and review old shows from top to bottom, talk about where the wrestlers were at the time, and compare what's taking place now to what took place then. You can hear this, along with other shows, as part of your PWTorch VIP membership with exclusive podcasts just for members compatible with the Apple Podcast app. Visit pwtorch.com slash go VIP for details and sign up for them. All right, so back to Jermaine. He's got a second question. Uh, I am uh, I am higher on Mandy Rose as a talent than I am Alexa Bliss and Carmella because Mandy's a better athlete and a wrestler than both of them. She's proven that she can talk and has that WWE look. What are your thoughts on Mandy and her potential? Uh, Jason, are we being unfair? I, I sh- is it unfair to to look at Mandy Rose as a Kelly Kelly or an Eve where yes. it's 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 like just oh that's who Cora Grace goes Gaga over and she's Vince and she's Vince McMahon's latest fantasy of what uh, he wants his top star to be. She walked out and acted like an alpha and handled the microphone in in a way that that made it seem like all right she she didn't embarrass herself there. Um, and does Jermaine have a point like that she has more upside than Alexa and Carmella in the ring? I, well, in the ring, yes. I don't think she has more upside in overall at this point. I'm not seeing it than Alexa. Carmella, certainly. Carmella's a personality who just really hasn't taken to wrestling. She's she's not a very good wrestler. Um, she has moments here and there, and hopefully she improves. Mandy already seems to be further along than her in the ring. And, yeah, I mean, so Mandy, it, like, when I talked about how I was – hoping she wouldn't win. It's just because it's not her time. I don't want to see her rushed up to a role she doesn't belong in. And that's what it would have been doing had they gone with her in the triple threat instead of Asuka. But I do think there's long-term potential there. And I think they need to pull back on Corey Graves being the horned dog. Um, I, I, because I think it does portray her in that way where you're just so used to seeing all the divas over the years that it was all about the looks and very little about the in-ring and you can have you can play on that like impact is doing well with scarlet bordeaux at times but they they don't even seem to be doing that it's just she's not like a a diva in a modern woman's world she's just this woman that that Corey graves fawns over and that's her gimmick there's but i mean they seem like they're finally starting to do a little more with her so i I think it's just a matter of defining what her persona actually is more so than Corey being horny yes it it is it's unfair for her and i just think in this era it's it's just kind of unbecoming for Corey Grace too. I mean, it's just it's hard to take him seriously when he's at that level of unprofessional in this era. And it, it just he's good enough at his job. It, it comes across as creepy 
and unprofessional. Like you can't. Can you imagine watching an NFL game and and a, uh, a Troy Aikman having an obsession with one of the cheerleaders every time oh, he sees her? Didn't Brett Musburger get in all sorts of online trouble for that? I don't remember. One of the yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it was him. But it was certainly one of the bigger kind of old school names uh, made a comment about a, a woman they kept showing in the stands and people, you know, lost their online minds over it. So that, yeah, that wouldn't happen. Uh, you you just wouldn't hear. Well, I mean, you, you somebody may slip up, but there would be hell to pay if somebody did something like, like Graves does. I can, like for me, I defend it when I see it in New Japan from Don Callis in part because I think he's funnier when it comes to that. And I, I, it reminds me of the way Bobby Heenan would act at different yeah. times. He, yep. There's a little bit of Heenan to him. And the, the thing I you know, always get a kick out of with New Japan fans, they get really ticked off, at, at some of them, at Don Callis for just you know go gushing over uh, the women that uh, – I can't, I can't think of the wrestler's name, but um, the idea is like they're – they might as well be prostitutes that he's bringing to the ring with him or strippers or something. They they don't seem to blame the company for portraying a woman in that manner, but it's Don Callis who's the bad guy for, you know, playing into it. Yep. Uh, I agree. All right. Uh, Sean O from Indianapolis says, you seem to be saying that switching the title to Charlotte by Oscar taking the fall at TLC is a great way to go because Becky doesn't have to lose. So then she can win the Rumble and face Ronda Rousey. But what about the obligatory rematch clause? Go VIP. The amount of quality content is well worth the cost. Uh, thank you, Sean. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of directions they can go with this with this uh, triple threat match. And I think a lot of issues at play. But if Asuka loses and Charlotte gets the pin... And thus takes the belt off of Becky, then you have the rematch, which you can do at one of the pay per views, one of the three pay per views after TLC, but before WrestleMania, because we got the Rumble, two more, and then Mania. Um, so, yeah, Jason, how do you how do you think that plays out? I mean, they can just conveniently ignore the rematch clause too. They could ignore it. They could do a schmaz finish. You know, there's plenty of ways to work around that. So you can still have the match but just not have a decisive winner, a cheap finish somehow, and then you come back to it somewhere down the road. Yeah, yeah. A um, number of other questions on, on Becky. Let's uh, look at some scenarios here. T from Hong Kong says, I've been thinking about possible scenarios of what happens if each of the women won the triple threat at TLC, and I can't think of a scenario that benefits both Becky and Charlotte leading to WrestleMania. So maybe you can help me come up with a logical solution or pick the best one. He's got three scenarios. Becky wins. Becky goes on and keeps the belt until WrestleMania and defends it against Nia Jax, who wins the Rumble and challenges Becky instead of Ronda. Where, uh, where would that? It's not awful. I mean, like it's just awful because of the other options. But yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's marketable. I mean, it's it's it, sure. so. Where would that leave Charlotte and Oscar unless some trade occurs, which only seems to happen after WrestleMania? I don't see how they can get to Ronda versus Charlotte unless Charlotte wins the Rumble instead of Nia Jax. But then who does Becky face at WrestleMania? And they're going to do that at the Rumble, it certainly seems like. Uh, do what? Uh, that match, Charlotte and Ronda. Oh, right. right. So I don't see Becky versus Asuka being put off until WrestleMania where there are three pay-per-views between TLC and that. So scenario two, Charlotte wins at TLC. Becky would most likely invoke a rematch clause, but then you would ever lose to Charlotte regardless of whether the finish is clean, even if Becky goes on to win the Rumble and challenges Ronda. I have no good solution for Asuka, so maybe she just goes back to where she was for the majority of this year. And scenario three, Asuka wins. If Asuka wins, again, Becky would probably 
invoke her rematch clause and then either beats Asuka, which leads us to the path of scenario number one, or she loses her rematch, which is similar to scenario, scenario number two, and also means she lost to the person Charlotte beat clean at WrestleMania. If that happens, Charlotte or Becky winning the Royal Rumble, where one of them goes on to face Ronda at WrestleMania, leaves the other women left out without a clear path to Mania. Unless some trade happens, I don't see how they'll get a triple threat match at Mania with Ronda, Becky, Charlotte, which I'm good. thankful for. Yes, and he's thankful for that, too. What are your thoughts? Keep up the good work. Um, so, I mean, I, I think I don't have great solutions for what T laid out, but it is absolutely um, a challenge that WWE has to face. And I hope that they have a good idea um, in mind of how this is all going to play out. What, what do you think of, of what T had to say? Yeah, I, Jimmy, I think the approach I would take is having I mean, I would like to see Asuka win the championship. And then somehow drag it out so she's defending against Charlotte in a rematch while Becky wins the Rumble and chooses to face Ronda Rousey. And you can heat that up somehow, some way. And then obviously Nia Jax is the odd person out. Life goes on. Um, What they may do, like everybody, I, I do fear that they'll have Asuka win the championship. She'll be doing her thing. And then they do some... Weird way of, of I mean, it, that's just, we don't, we, we can sit here and, and apply common sense and logic to it of how they'll get there. But look at what they, looked at the way they set up the triple threat. Women came out and complained, and so Paige just decided to ha- have a battle royal to add one more person. They can easily, you know, they can have Becky or Charlotte win the Rumble and choose to face Ronda and then come up with some weird way to add the other one to make it a triple threat. So I, I don't think... We're out of the uh, woods yet when it comes uh, when it comes to uh, the triple threat. I, I do think it's it, it's a very possible scenario. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll read another email here that kind of covers another base in this line. Uh, Michael from Ohio says, as it pertains to Oscar Charlotte Becky at TLC, I've heard a lot of people discuss the reasoning for Oscar being inserted and the fact that she's there to take the fall. Well, it's a TLC match, so shouldn't the title be suspended above the ring? No pins or submissions? Am I missing something? Or was there an announcement about the match saying it's pins and submissions? I'm a bit confused. No, I'll, he's right. So I'll say this, though. I think the idea is Oscar's in there so neither Becky nor Charlotte are the sole it's 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 semantics but so neither Becky or Charlotte get bragging rights to beating the other no matter what the rules are it, because Asuka can win or Asuka can be involved in costing Becky or Charlotte the chance to pull the belt off the hook I guess but I, I think it has been talked about too generally now I will throw in a, as a caveat at Starcade this past weekend you had two cage matches back to back completely different sets of rules <laughs> so um, really? Yeah, the, the AJ Joe match was submission and pinfall, and the other one was climb out of the cage to win. God, why would they even come up with it? It's a cage match. You can win either way. Well, they didn't. I don't think they explicitly said the rules, but they okay. they they had the situation where AJ and Joe won in the ring, right. and then the other match was was by by escape. So I think they can they can just book according to what they want the finish to be. Um, and if they don't want Becky or Charlotte to lose by pinfall or submission, then a TLC step and Oscar being in the ring all collectively helps um, keep there from being a decisive finish with Charlotte or Becky. Look, if we get the triple threat, and I, I really hope it's a singles match between Becky and Ronda, but if we get the triple threat, 
I think people need to be happy because it means they've changed their plan from Charlotte and Rhonda. Because, I mean, that clearly was the direction they were heading in. And so if nothing else, it's a, it, you're getting Becky Lynch in what could be the main event of WrestleMania where she belongs. Yeah, I mean, when we look at T's le- uh, scenarios, I mean, everything has to lead to Becky versus Ronda one-on-one, doesn't it? <laughs> Becky and Ronda? I, no. Like like I said, I, I do think they wanted Charlotte in that main event. Right. And I could see them thinking it's a huge deal to have the daughter of Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair, their chosen one, in that match. So I, I do think, I, I'm hoping it's Lynch and Rousey, but I do think there's at least a chance that... Charlotte is included in that. I think the the, the yeah. thing to hope for is that they go with Charlotte and Oscar in a rematch um, from last year's WrestleMania. And, and so that's, yeah. I guess, if you're hoping to see a singles match, maybe hope for Oscar to win that championship or, or Charlotte for that matter. Yeah, I, I, I am. Uh, I, I, Becky, I mean, Becky, Ronda and Charlotte, they it just draw straws, like just decide, make it one on one. If if that I mean my choice would be Becky Charlotte excuse me Becky Ronda one on one but I'd rather have Ronda Charlotte one on one and Becky excluded than have Becky in there I just I think a triple threat waters it down and and makes it less attractive and it man for all, I mean I'm just you know I'm in my default we see this every year and they still go triple threats. Uh, yeah, but they seem to be moving away from it lately with the big – like if it's a true main event. they're saving them for WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if it's a true, true main event match, it's one-on-one on the marquee, and that, that should be enough. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Shane from Dublin, Ireland says, I think Asuka is in with a strong chance of winning at TLC because I expect the final two in the Rumble – to be Becky and Charlotte, with the story being both won a shot at Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania, and obviously to do that, neither can have the title. What do you guys think? Um, any chance of that, that it, Asuka ends up defending the title against somebody else, maybe Mandy Rose, and then you end up with Becky and Charlotte in the Rumble, and it comes down to them? I mean, that'd be dramatic. Winner gets winner gets the main event against uh, uh, the winner of the Asuka-Mandy match or Ronda Rousey. Or, God help us, they both are eliminated simultaneously to set up the need for a triple drop. Oh, gotcha. You ruined everything, Jason. <laughs> you ruined everything. I, I've just watched this company too many years and, and know how they think sometimes. Yes. Thanks for downloading today's show. Take it to the next level with a VIP membership. Get shows like this, the Wade Keller Pro Sync Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Sync Post Show, and the PW Torch Daily Casts on our PW Torch VIP podcast feed with ads and plugs removed from the shows for a streamlined listening experience. And also hear the VIP-exclusive shows that I host with Rich Fan and Todd Martin. Everything with Rich Fan and The Fix with Todd Martin's signature VIP series that you're missing out without a VIP membership. So go VIP here in 2022 and enjoy all the benefits, all the bonus content, and the ad-free listening experience. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. All right, uh, Kyle from St. Louis brings up another topic here and then adds a little bit to it. Which version of the TLC match do you think we'll see at the pay-per-view? Will it be a triple threat, pinfalls and submissions with tables, ladders, and chairs aesthetically placed around the ring and utilized? Or will it be a traditional TLC with the title hung above the ring? If it's triple threat with weapons, do you see Rousey coming out and interfering? As it's always stated by commentary, there's no disqualifications in a triple threat match. Uh, if the championship is above the ring, how do you keep Becky strong if she isn't booked to win? Also, looking back at the all three Money in the Bank matches, Lynch has looked to be the favorite and has come up short every time. Could you build a story at TLC that Becky's weakness is ladder matches and have her go over in a ladder match to beat Rousey at WrestleMania? No, Becky and Ronda, when they wrestle, should not have gimmicks. There shouldn't be any stipulations. It's one 
on one. You, if you add anything to it, you're taking. You're saying they're not good enough to have. Uh, 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 like the gimmick matches are crutches for people who can't work. Like, you know, I mean, or blow offs for feuds that call for them. But it's not like, let's make this match better or more special. No, Rhonda and Becky, one on one, in the inside the ropes, telling that story for 18 or 22 minutes. That's a match I want to see. I don't want to see a bunch of, quote, innovative, never before seen table spots between those two. That's not what they're there for. So, um, I mean, I'm against it, but I also think Vince McMahon is 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 against that also. And I don't think you want to tell the story about Becky's weakness. Like, I, I just don't think that's that's. A, I mean, it might historically be accurate. Maybe you can turn it into a WWE.com article. But on TV, you don't start talking about Becky's failings in the past when she's this red hot breakout character. When it comes to TLC, I think it's going to be the belt hung above the ring. Um, I, I don't think you want any of those three women to be pinned right now. Um, if you can avoid it, and you can with that stipulation. So uh, I guess the thing, one thing to worry about um, beyond the, the irrational fear of a triple threat is that they, and this is like when it comes to protecting Ronda Rousey, don't have her lose the championship and win the Rumble. That I, I think she just needs to hold the championship because that's an option people aren't really thinking of too. And for good reason, because I, we, we saw it in LA Survivor Series night Fans will turn on her if if they sense she's getting the Roman style push, and so she's in a weird way she's better off being the champion than she is losing and then winning the Rumble and having that moment and then you know setting up whatever they're going to do with her and and uh, Becky and or Charlotte. Um, I, I think that would be a mistake, and and I would not have her interfere in the TLC match unless it's going after Charlotte. Because you run the risk that the fans turn on Ronda if she goes after Becky. Yeah, WWE has a lot of issues that they have to juggle at once. And they want to keep... It seems like they've settled in on Charlotte being a heel and Becky being a face and Ronda being a face. Um, do you disagree with that, Jason? I mean, does that, does, is that the tea leaves? Is that the indications of this week's TV, even if the last couple of weeks before that were looked like they were hedging or ambiguous? Yeah, I think so, yeah. So if that's the case... Um, then they they have to protect. They have to. Charlotte can be the one who use heel heel tactics, but they do have to worry about a backlash against Ronda. But also capitalize on what they absolutely are are I think aware of and not wanting to mess up, which is something special with Becky. And that's going to be all I play in TLC. Let let me read an email from Brian from Peoria, Illinois. He says, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't a TLC match just like a ladder match? The winners are first to climb to retrieve the belt. If that's the case, the notion that Asuka's in this match to be the designated jobber doesn't hold up because no one has to be pinned in the first place. No, good point. With this in mind, why do you think Asuka was added to freshen up Becky versus Charlotte after their supposed blow-off match already happened a month ago? Or to transition to an Asuka-Charlotte rematch at WrestleMania on the SmackDown side so that Becky's freed up to win the Rumble and face Ronda? If it's the latter, why not just have Becky relinquish the title, given the timing and the delicate nature of her injury, and hold off on her comeback until closer to the Rumble? Stripping her of the title in the midst of the greatest run of her career would have not only saved her from having to lose a championship and likely rematch, but also would have made her more a more sympathetic figure to solidify her babyface turn. That is, assuming they're actually turning her back babyface. Even though Charlotte showed some signs of an impending heel turn, there still seemed to be some holding back on both her and Becky's official turns. Thanks for your time. Everyone, go VIP, and uh, if you haven't already. Okay. Um, I mean, 
I hadn't thought about that, but Becky coming back this soon does seem kind of surprising because her face is broken and she had a severe concussion. Uh, being ready in, in three weeks, less than three weeks, does seem like a fast turnaround time, especially for a TLC-style match where you're less in control. You know, unexpected things can happen that can lead to uh, your face getting uh, caved in um, by a table, a ladder, or a chair. So, yeah, I mean, they, they absolutely storyline-wise could have stripped her, Jason, and avoided some of this. What do you think of that? They could have. Yeah, I, I think they just want to strike while the iron's hot, and so they're kind of taking that approach to it. And so they want to have her on this pay-per-view and on the house shows as quickly as possible. There, Another thing that could have done if they took the approach of stripping her of the championship, it could have played into a Shane McMahon heel turn because he could have been the one doing it with Paige pointing out, hey, and it could have been, you know, good heel defense is that, I mean, Shane just said last, or AJ talked about how they, um, Daniel Bryan must be watching how they do things on Raw. It could be as simple as Shane saying, that's not how we do it here. Brock Lesnar might be able to get away with it, but we don't do that on SmackDown. And just because there's nothing heelish about it, but because it's Becky Lynch, people would hate him for it. So that would have been fun if they had taken that approach. But yeah, I I think Asuka is there because um, it may be because she's winning the championship. And it may also just be because, again, they didn't want to have a definitive winner between Becky and Charlotte in a straight-up match. What do you? Where are you on Asuka fitting into what you need to be in WWE? We talked about Mandy Rose on the mic as a character, having the looks, and maybe being a better in being a better natural athlete. Some of the other women who have been blonde and pushed have been. Asuka is so talented. The fans have taken to her. She's getting cheered above her push, which is an indication if your management and creative, as I said in WWE, you should find a way to utilize that. But she is awkward. Her acting is terrible. Her facial expressions are cartoonish. And her promos are super limited. And so when you think about building a women's division around her, that makes sense if all you do is present big wrestling matches on big stages. But you have TV time to fill and personal issues to develop every you know for four shows in between pay-per-views on average. And what do you do with Asuka in that way? And I think that is a question that Vince McMahon asked himself and where he sort of lost interest in her as the shiny new toy and moved on to others. And that's where Carmella and Alexa Bliss and maybe Mandy Rose and the Iconics and and uh, uh, Ruby Riot they get more TV time because, frankly, they're more equipped to speak English and act at a level that is, that hits a, that that hits the threshold you need to be in a long segment. Is that a legit problem for Oscar, or is this a, an example of WWE's booking being too narrow-minded and not going outside of their normal routine in order to take advantage of somebody as talented and popular as Oscar is? Uh, it's definitely the latter. Um, it didn't seem to be a problem in NXT, and it still doesn't seem to be a problem for the fans. The fans still love her, despite no push whatsoever since she lost to Charlotte. So, yeah, I mean, listen to your audience and book around her limitations. It's the, you know, the old accentuate the positives and do your best to hide the negatives. And, and there's no reason they can't take that approach with Asuka. Uh, but, yeah, they're always going to have their, their love of people who, even if they're not very good in the ring, can go out there and, and carry a long talking segment. They love that. I mean, that's just uh, that's Vince McMahon style. And that, so that's still going to be the case. And um, in some cases, Alexa Bliss and Miz, it's worked out really well for them. And, and they've gotten better, obviously, in time. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just wish he would 
break away from that. And or, I mean, you can I shouldn't even say that you can do that, but you can also still find the pot. You're, you're working around the limit in ring limitations of people. Why can't you work work around the verbal limitations of people? Well, I'll push back a little on the NXT thing, just in the sense that she didn't need to be on TV every week filling long segments. And when she was on TV, on NXT TV, and was in long segments, I thought it was a bit of a rocky road um, for her. I thought that it, it, you know it wasn't always uh, great segments with her. But in the end, yeah, the NXT fan base for an NXT TakeOver special, a big match every few months with her on TV, winning a squash and every once in a while doing a, a more limited time segment, not every week, it worked. I'm, I'm a little more sympathetic to Vince in the sense that this is a structure he has. It's working for him in a lot of ways. And I, I wish Asuka was better at the things that I think she should be better at. I mean, I, I don't know what excuse she has to not be better at English at this point. And I don't know if... I it, wish Carmella was a better wrestler than she is, and well, that I, would have been great. I'll, and I'll be equally critical of her for that. Um, but with Asuka, I think, like, she's been produced... She hasn't either hasn't been produced enough or has been produced wrong, and that her acting is so corny. Her facial yeah. expressions are so out of step with 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 like what she's saying, and it 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 undercuts taking her seriously as an athlete. Now the crowd reaction is absolutely the number one factor, and if the fans are into her and they like her, then then it it is time to get more creative. But maybe that means having. Her not speak and not act and narrowing the scope of what you ask of her, but having somebody else, you know, represent her or speak for her and and redefine her a little bit um, in that way. But I, I think it's worth taking a fresh look and brainstorming on how to feature her. But if they are going to push her again and we're going to see the next two weeks on, on SmackDown, what they have in mind for how she'll get promoted in this fight, how she adds to it and doesn't take away from it and i'm curious if, if they do have some fresh ideas for her in terms of that presentation i do think the quirkiness is some of the appeal though i i you know she is popular with kids too you, you can just see it so i i think there's some unique appeal to her not being like everybody else and not being a, not going out there and cutting long promos and instead doing some oddball things. I, I'd like to yeah. see them kind of figure out a way to, to limit some of that as well. And it might be a heel turn um, where instead of, you know, doing the oddball lines and things, she's more of a, a silent assassin type. I, I think there's a way they can do it yeah. if they feel the need. Um, but yeah, they one way or another, they just have to do a better job with her. Maybe after a Kyrie Sane call up, then you turn Oscar. Sure. You yeah. Know, and, and involve those two. Longing for some nostalgia? Or maybe you want to learn some wrestling history? Don't miss the 90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch Daily Cast feed. Alex and Patrick will transport you 30 years into the past by taking you through the Torch issue from that very week. Follow news from the WWF and WCW and all the happenings from across the wrestling industry in real time as the Torch reported it 30 years ago. That's the 90s Passcast every Friday on the PW Torch Daily Cast feed. All right, uh, Andy from Houston, Texas. That's hello, Wade and Jason. It's always a blast to hear the two of you talk, though I'm saddened that Wade couldn't get Jason from Australia lined up this week. So we had a trio of Jasons 
headlining PW Torch podcast. I'll spare Wade any grief and proceed to my two questions. Actually, I did invite him, and he couldn't make it this week. Um, a loser. By now, we're all peering through the same lens into the future and predicting the same WrestleMania lineup for the two women's championship matches. I can already hear Ronda talking nonsensical trash to Becky for losing the title at TLC and spurring the fiery last kicker into going stone cold at the Rumble and throwing out women left and right with a foregone conclusion that the best possible matchup left at SmackDown is Charlotte Asuka. Hey, he's been listening to us live. But do you potentially <laughs> see Asuka going over and becoming the champion this time around? Now that the crowd will get fully behind booing the female flair when paired against my two favorite SmackDown women, this seems like a good path to take. Asuka would be a better champion to be taken down by a called-up Baszler after WrestleMania, so they're fresh, credible challengers to the SmackDown women's title. And we could then have Ember Moon move over into Superstar Shake, into a Superstar Shake-Up to renew her NXT feud, potentially letting Asuka turn heel. Please feel free to agree or disagree and share your thoughts on the matter. Shayna Baszler is an X factor in this. In addition to all the points Andy made specifically, Shayna Baszler could be in this mix for WrestleMania matches too. If if she were to enter the Rumble and win, or show up and and because if you have Becky, Charlotte, and Ronda in a triple threat at Mania, you could do Oscar, Shayna Baszler on the on the SmackDown side too, and kind of have Shayna. Um, Get get a get a big push against babyface Oscar. That that's a possibility too, Jason. I want Shayna on Raw with Ronda Rousey. I want her to be Stephanie's hired gun, and I want her to be a heel. You can always reunite the yep. four horse women of MMA somewhere down the road for that dream match for all the diehard super fans of the the horsewomen versus horsewomen. But in the meantime, make some money with her. I, I just think she would play that part so well. Yeah. And if you had Stephanie doing the, the, her limitation right now is talking, she's getting better at it. But if she was just kind of just had to stand there and look cocky and arrogant and while Stephanie did the majority of the talking, you're talking big money. I would save that for post-WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, that's a good, good case made right there. All right, uh, Andy says, I've also had a conspiracy theory about AJ Styles losing the title prior to Survivor Series that was prompted by the departure of Roman Reigns. Is it possible that Vince sees AJ Brock 2 as more of a WrestleMania-caliber match? Do you think there's any chance we see AJ win the Rumble, like the fans wanted him to do in his debut, and face Brock to become the Universal Champion? Considering his tenure as WWE Champion and the recurring theme at PW Torch at the Universal Championship has no lineage or credibility, having AJ as a standard bearer for that title would certainly elevate it, and I could see hot matchups between AJ and the entire top roster of faces and heels on Raw. What do you think? As always, Wade, I'm VIP for life. Um, Jason, please join me in petitioning Wade to troll Todd Martin at the nearest opportunity and play X-Pox theme music. And if he does, it, I will credit that to you and become a VIP member to your site as well. It comes with a lifetime commitment. Ooh, wow. Um, oh, this needs to happen. Right? <laughs> yes. All right. So, um, I mean, I think I'm not against AJ beating Brock um, at WrestleMania in just kind of a vacuum, but I've so been an advocate for Seth Rollins being the guy to beat Brock, and I think Seth is you know, uh, 10 years younger and and just would have more to gain from being a guy who beat Brock. I think people would see that as the guy who should have been crowned being crowned. Um, I, I was for that match happening at SummerSlam instead of Reigns. And it's your chance to kind of right a wrong. I don't think it's too late. So I, I just think if you have... if. In in a vacuum, it's a cool idea, and it'd be good for AJ and a, and a really good match, and I think the fans would love it, but you're sacrificing Seth beating Lesnar, and I think Seth should beat Lesnar. Yeah, I, I would rather see. I mean, his scenario is one way to get AJ off of SmackDown, 
in time, in plenty of time for them to, you know, debut on Fox, if that's what they're thinking. Um, you know, he's been the, the face that runs the place, and but they may want him over on the raw side so they can put, you know, their idea of bigger stars. But let's see what AJ does. I mean, clearly there's something going on contractually right now. Um, if he... If they don't think he's going to stick around the company, I don't see them having him beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. So I think Rollins does make more sense. I still wonder if Vince has an ace up his sleeve in Dwayne The Rock Johnson, um, I, whether it's a match with Lesnar or, uh, you know, I don't even know what else he would do at this point. It just seems to me he's giving away so many big matches with his cast of regulars that he must have something that he's uh, saving for WrestleMania. Because, I mean, if it is getting back to Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar, okay. But, you know, I mean, it's it's a, a WrestleMania match, but it doesn't feel like, wow, this is WrestleMania special because we've seen it all before. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, speaking of Seth, uh, Philip from D.C., do you think that Seth winning the with the Superplex Falcon Arrow on Monday instead of the curb stomp has anything to do with the recent concussion issues on the main roster? Alexa Bliss, Becky, Liv Morgan have all missed action in recent weeks with concussions, although they all apparently suffered their concussions in different ways. Do you see WWE moving away from the curb stomp again like they did a few years ago? And if so, what do you think Seth's new finisher could be? He has a nice move set, but all of his signature moves seem to be near-fall moves. Could you see him using, and WWE allowing him to use, the small package driver again? It looks great, and from everything I've seen, it looks relatively safe to take. My best guess on this is that him and Dolph Ziggler have wrestled so many effing times that now they are down to using their setup moves as finishers, just to come up with something new. And, so I, yeah, I, I mean, hey, there could be something to it, but nothing I've heard. Um, the stomp seems pretty safe uh, if it's if it's executed properly. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, that's my guess is they were just looking to do something original, and, and it becomes tough when you've worked against one another 7,000 times. Yeah, I didn't I – didn't, I, I, I like the idea of having different um, – Moves and matches. I mean, I think if you have Absolutely. near near fall moves, always lead to kickouts. It, it takes away the drama. So you've got the famous or yeah, yeah. So exactly, you you've got to change that up. And I, and I think that's what more of what that was. And I don't think the curb stomp. I think the curbs the the stomp looks looks devastating, but it's 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 something you you have control over. So I wouldn't think that that would be a move that they would eliminate um, with because of fear of uh, of concussions. I, I think that is not um, one of the first moves that I would eliminate. I, even though the, the, you sell it like a concussion-type move. I mean, look at what AJ did to Brian. I mean, what Brian did to AJ last week. Yeah. Um, I mean, that looked devastating, but it, it's it's. I, I think I'm right in saying it's not. You know, it there's there's a control, there's an up-and-down motion, but you're not actually, um, you know, jarring the brain in the way that it looks and the way that it's sold. And so, Well, unless Brie Bella was the one doing it. Well, that there is that. Cheap, cheap shot, Jason. Cheap shot. All right. Um, or totally accurate observation. <laughs> All right. Guy from Israel says, uh, longtime fan and listener, during the Raw leading up to Survivor Series, where Braun yet again single-handedly destroyed the Raw Tag Team division, I started to wonder, has there been, to this date, a single tag team that was brought up from NXT that's been successful? There's plenty of examples for successful call-ups of wrestlers, but none of them have been a tag team. They've either been completely disbanded, the Vod Villains, Enzo and Cass, American Alpha, or given a short push and then completely forgotten about the Ascension, Revival, Sanity. 
Even AOP, who are on who are the current Raw Tag Team Champions, became so bare became so by barely beating Seth in a two on one match, and then lately lost a match to Rude and Gable the night after winning at Survivor Series. So, what do you think is a reason for WWE not being able to make these tag teams, some of which were hugely over in NXT, work on the main roster? You can maybe blame one or two of those acts not being able to translate well to a larger audience, but when it's every single one of them tag team, when it's every single one of those tag teams, it feels much more like a booking issue. I guess Vince really does just hate tag teams. Many thanks and keep up the great work. Well, I mean, I think he kind of answered it at the end there. I mean, I think it it comes down to Vince McMahon, and he just doesn't, for whatever reasons, doesn't want uh, tag teams to get over. I mean, like, it's I, I I yeah. Go ahead, Jason. I'm I'm stammering because I I, th- I feel like I'm going to repeat myself and 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 that Vince isn't a tag team guy. It's if if you're over, you'd be a singles guy, and you're paying two guys for one match. And but what do you think it is? What does it come down to? I think I don't think Vince McMahon cares about anything other than top talent. And you know, I mean, there's occasional people that he sees and grooms to be in top positions. But otherwise, everyone spins their wheels, and so he doesn't see tag teams as being main event, and so he doesn't care. And, I mean, look at the way the last two weeks of Raw and SmackDown were booked. It's all formula crap. Oh, the the would-be challengers are going to beat the champions in non-title matches. They did it with AOP and and Gable and uh, Rude, and now they just turned around and did it on SmackDown with Sheamus and Cesaro being beaten by the Usos. It's just, and they do this constantly. The other go-to, all right, we're going to have a tag title match. So how do we set this up? Let's have singles matches between those between those wrestlers who are going to be in the tag title match. There's no creativity whatsoever. He doesn't care about the tag teams, and he doesn't care about the mid-card, and you're seeing him pay the price for it with that debacle that is Raw right now. <laughs> yes. You don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at PWTorch.com. My written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show. And it will also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at PWTorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at PWTorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, PWTorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. Now, we talk about robbing a debacle, but SmackDown is the one that had the bad night at Survivor Series. And Rory from Edinburgh, Scotland, says, uh, I wonder what Fox Network, not Alicia Fox. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. i corrected on this. Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Okay, good. All right. Edinburgh, Scotland. Uh, I wonder what Alicia Fox would have thought. No, what Fox Network would have thought that Raw went 6-0 and in the SmackDown Live scoreline. Could this possibly lead to a storyline where Vince McMahon gives SmackDown some big names from Raw to strengthen it? Otherwise, I don't see why SmackDown Live was made to look so weak. I know you like to answer this question in kayfabe terms sometimes. Well, in kayfabe terms, I think Shane McMahon should be fired as SmackDown Live commissioner. I vote for that, Jason. My God. Shane was going to fire the loser of the World Cup Finals, who, who, who made it all the way to the Finals but lost in the Finals. He was going to fire that wrestler. And now SmackDown goes 0-6 under his leadership on the pay-per-view portion of Survivor Series. 
and he thinks he can just pretend it didn't happen. It's an outrage, Jason. It's an outrage. Somebody needs to step in and fire Shane. This is why when you are at the top of, of an organization, you should not hire family to, to run things because it's hard to dish out the punishment that is deserved. And clearly, Shane McMahon deserves to be fired. I, I listen to the Todd Martin show. Aren't you forgetting something? <laughs> the best in the world, Shane McMahon, deserves to be fired. Thank you. No, he doesn't, because I will uh, counter that by saying that Vince McMahon would be the person firing him, correct? Yes. Well, this is what Vince McMahon would want, is Raw to dominate SmackDown, so he's actually doing the perfect job for Vince McMahon. And why would Vin- why would Vince want Raw to dominate SmackDown? Because it's Vince McMahon. Raw uh, is better in his mind. Yeah. The character, no, but the person, yeah. No, I, it doesn't make any sense. I I really thought coming out of, out of Survivor Series, when they advertised, I was hoping it was going to be that food fight thing they do for Thanksgiving. I was really hoping Shane McMahon was going to come out and just cut a scathing promo. We lost six freaking matches, and you guys are out here having a food fight. Just something. Blasting people, getting just irate about going 0-6, because apparently the one match they won doesn't count. Uh, and, and nothing. He doesn't. The Shane character doesn't care now. And it's, I mean, maybe there'll be some long-term payoff to it, but there's no hint of it. So I don't know if plans changed, because it sure seemed like Shane was going to turn heel. But now he's goofing around with The Miz, looking like they're going to set up a match between those two. So, yeah, it it didn't make any damn sense at all. Just other than maybe setting the stage for next year when SmackDown becomes the powerhouse on Fox and they sweep Raw. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have no, I have working theories, but they're not defendable in terms of how the Survivor Series six and zero thing was handled and the follow up. Um, and it's going to be hard to get people to care next year when 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 SmackDown lost that badly and it wasn't an issue on the next SmackDown. I mean, how do you, do they do they really think people just are going to completely forget that that happened or that they're going to have a whole new fan base? It it really hurt. Survivor Series next year and and for a while that they built it up and then made it and then ignored it afterwards and and it it, it hurts other things too not just Survivor Series I mean when you tell fans this is really 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 important and then it it's over with and they quote got your money and now it's not important anymore people feel like they were that they were conned well as much as they tell people that Survivor Series is really important does anyone believe them no, but even if you didn't believe it was true, you would think, you still well, wanted to pay off. WWE thinks, wants us to believe it's true, and I just saw them abandon it completely afterwards. I still think the negative effect is there, even if people didn't buy into it initially. They're just like, man, I didn't think it was true, and now you just proved I was right. You're trying to con me. You think I'm stupid. Yeah, there is that. Yeah. All right. Well, Vince, well, clearly, Vince McMahon thinks we're all stupid. Yeah. I don't. Maybe he just doesn't think that hard about any... Any of that stuff? Um, does Raw have a babyface problem, Jason? In in and how do they solve it? I mean, Finn Balor getting Seth's in his own world with Dean, and Finn Balor and Elias are the number two and number three babyfaces battling Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley and and the, the the and Baron Corbin. Is that enough? And do you do you have a theory on what they do to try to even things out, or do you think they're just gonna that's going to be what we see between now and the Rumble, and that's fine? Well, I think they do bring in Lars. Um, I don't know when, but I think Lars probably enters as a babyface. And then they're just waiting for Braun to get back. You know, they're hoping he'll be back for TLC. So, yeah, I mean, there's a real problem there. There's just a real depth problem. And, again, it goes back to 
Vince only caring about top things involving Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman and, and then grooming Drew McIntyre, clearly. But there's just he cares about Dean and, and Seth to a point, obviously, as well. But it's everything under it that it just doesn't get the attention it deserves. Bobby, yeah, they're, they're doing they turned Bobby Lashley heel and they gave him Leo Rush. We don't know why they're together. We don't know what makes them tick. Other than Lashley likes to bend over and point at his ass. Uh, there's a bunch of one-dimensional characters there. But, yeah, I mean, there's a shortage of baby faces. I, I heard you guys talking um, about Apollo Crews was, like, number five on the depth chart, I believe. And it's like, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> who they hasn't he, – he beats Jinder Mahal. They try to make a big fuss over him beating the WWE champion. Has he been on television since? No. It's another start-stop. Yeah. Uh, so they're just right now – trying to make it seem like I, I could just tell Monday, like this is going to get worse before it gets better yeah. with this Corbin thing. They're just going to keep trying to put heat on Corbin McIntyre and Lashley going into TLC. And then I, ideally we're going to get some sort of a, uh, a general manager change there, but it, it just kind of masking. I mean, it, it's not compelling television. They need to give up on two things, nut shots and heel general managers, and, yeah. and the product would be so much better. I, I agree. My final question for you, what are AJ and Daniel Bryan doing at WrestleMania, do you think? Ooh, I don't think wrestling one another, I, but I don't know what. Um, Miz isn't being groomed for anything, uh, so who would it be on the SmackDown side? God help us, Randy Orton. Um, I could see Randy Orton challenging AJ Styles for the title if AJ regains it. And I could see Daniel Bryan against Rey Mysterio. Ooh. Oh, I know. I'm not excited about it, but. Yeah. Um, boy, yeah, it's. I mean, we haven't. They'd have to really, really rebuild Samoa Joe. Because I'd love to see Daniel Bryan and Samoa Joe. But we just watched Samoa Joe lose to AJ Styles like 10 times, it feels like. Yeah. It, so and, I, and get eliminated early in the Rumble. I mean, early in the Survivor Series tag match, uh, suddenly. Um so yeah, they just another yeah. thing that made no. I thought Shane might go off on him. I like know. Maybe they're going to turn Joe babyface out of this. And yeah. no, he's Joe is all bark and no bite at this point. Yep. It was it was it was like they hired an interim booker who wasn't following the product, and then the booker who came back after being away for a few weeks didn't pay attention to anything that happened. It just picked up where they left off. I mean, that's how yeah. bad this has been continuity wise. Yeah. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. You know, we'd sit here and get excited about the women's division and the prospects for Lesnar. But uh, I don't think SmackDown's done a, done a good job building up um, that dream match, one or two dream matches, so to speak, WrestleMania caliber main events on SmackDown. They just haven't had the depth of roster to keep people apart. And I mean, I think they're trying to build up Randy Orton. I mean, I think that would be their argument. Well, we're trying to build up Randy Orton by having him go through some, you know, Jeff Hardy and Rey Mysterio and heck, uh, Ty Dillinger <laughs> um, to set him up as a threat to babyface champion AJ Styles at WrestleMania. And I thought they were headed that way. It's not the worst thing. It's not the best thing, but at least you could say they have a plan and it's working towards this, this, this crescendo at WrestleMania of, of Orton um, getting that title shot and, and, and wanting to quote, take AJ off his pedestal. I mean, I can live with that, but you turn Daniel Bryan heel and he's just going to be on a first half of the show as a heel against Rey Mysterio or Jeff Hardy. I mean, that's what you're looking at for him, my, my, unless they have some new talent or another turn. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I don't know who else it would be. And I mean, maybe there will be a call up and they try to rocket somebody up. But 
I, I mean, maybe I'm misreading it. Maybe that's yeah. Lars Sullivan. I, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, beyond that, yeah, it's they're, they're, they have nice programs. I mean, I, again, they established that nicely on SmackDown this week. It, it, I, I like what they have going on. It feels like it's a deeper roster than Raw is right now in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so, but they're yeah, they're not. There's not that man. I can't wait to see this match. I, I, I bet they're saving it for WrestleMania. You're right about that. And if, if they if they did a better job of tag teams, it's this is where if you have a an, a, a tag team division that's treated seriously year round, year after year, decade after decade. You can bring in Lars Anderson, team him with Daniel Bryan, have Lars and Daniel Bryan go after the Usos and go after the New Day um, and and mix it up and have Sanity in, Sanity in the Bar and the Bludgeon Brothers and Anderson and Gallows. You have got depth there, and you can add a, a freshly turned heel and a freshly promoted uh, – freshly turned heel Daniel Bryan, freshly promoted Lars, Lars uh, Sullivan, team them together – and have that get bridge you to WrestleMania and then break them off and they do their own thing. And it doesn't feel like a demotion. It feels like a detour to something else that feels important. But that option doesn't even feel on the table because of the way they treat the tag division. No, you're right. But I, you know what? I just figured out what the SmackDown WrestleMania main event is going to be. Oh, gosh. It's going to be Shane McMahon, right? Absolutely. The best, the best in, in the, the world, world Shane, Shane McMahon, McMahon facing Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And probably beating him. And Shane's crowning moment, he finally wins the WWE Championship. It's almost like by design. There's nothing they by design make sure there's nothing that Shane would be getting in the way of, so that when Shane is in a prominent, the best in the world, Shane McMahon, when there is a, a spot, when you put him in a top spot, it doesn't seem like he's holding anybody back because they've destroyed any other match that people want to see in the meantime. <laughs> I, I, just, then, I, I want a I want like YouTube footage of you. If Shane McMahon wins the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. Wow. Jason, <laughs> um, I'm going to delete this all. No, uh, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, Jason, once again, as we wrap up here, tell tell people uh, where they can read more of you, hear more of you. For free. You enjoyed enough that you'll stick around. And Wade, you better end up tormenting Todd Morton with the X-Pac theme because I want to cash in on that lifetime guarantee. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Jason, thanks as always. And we will uh, talk to you, I guess, in three weeks probably. Sounds great. Excellent. invite you to email the show with feedback or questions or comments that email address is wade keller podcast at pwtorch.com that's wade keller podcast at pwtorch.com also welcome your feedback on twitter you can follow us on twitter at pwtorch and follow me at the wade keller that's at pwtorch and at the wade keller searching for more great pro wrestling talk then join me jason powell host of the three weekly pro wrestling boom podcast Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other Pro Wrestling Media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Did you know we also have a website? pwtorch.com, daily news updates, editorials, 
and my live TV coverage covering Raw, Dynamite, and SmackDown, and my live pay-per-view coverage for WWE and AEW. Create a tab or bookmark, make it a daily stop, visit us throughout the day, every day, to keep up on breaking news and more. That's pwtorch.com. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger and our I Was There When shows, where our guests will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices, or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. One way that you can help us sustain our schedule of putting out podcasts throughout the week is by giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Just go to Apple Podcasts and look for our Wade Keller Processing Podcast and Wade Keller Processing Post Show and give us a five-star rating. We hope you think we've earned that score with our fast turnaround times and our quantity and quality of wrestling analysis throughout the week. So take a moment out for us and do us a favor and give us a five-star rating at Apple Podcasts. That helps us on search returns and helps us grow. And if you want, you can add a few comments about what you like about the programs in the comments section. Thank you so much. In 2012, NXT transitioned into the developmental system and ultimately the brand you see today. On the Torch VIP podcast, NXT Eight Years Back, we'll be taking a weekly look at this page in NXT's early history. Join Kelly Wells and me, Tom Stout, from PWT Talks NXT every Saturday as we go eight years back to the day to track NXT's rising talents and why they did or didn't work out, exclusively for PW Torch VIP members. A PW Torch VIP membership doesn't just give you ad-free access to these shows and a ton of other VIP-exclusive podcasts throughout the week, but you also gain access to our unmatched, vast library of wrestling history, our contemporaneous week-to-week coverage through our Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletters dating back to the late 1980s, along with streaming and download access to hundreds of retro radio shows from the 1990s, including some of my interviews with wrestling's top newsmakers in the 90s. And also our podcast library dating back to the year 2003. There's no larger, longer-spanning pro wrestling podcast library than that that comes with a PW Torch VIP membership now approaching 20 years of podcasting. Go VIP and dive into our post-pay-per-view roundtables, our coverage of some of your favorite eras of wrestling, top-name long-form interviews, and special format podcasts that we've done throughout the years pwtorch.com slash govip. We have a streamlined sign-up form, and you can pay with PayPal or directly with your credit card or debit card in one or two minutes. From right now, you can be a VIP member and diving into our library, pwtorch.com slash govip. This holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, convenient meals to keep you energized on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Do you want to cleanse after eating too much Halloween candy? Do you want to have energy to deal with your relatives and all the travel? Eat nutrient-dense food that's quick 
and easy with Factor Meals. That's what I do. Sometimes I'm just too busy to cook on my busy schedule, and I want to make sure I'm eating well. And with Factor, I don't have to run to the grocery store. I don't have to chop, prep, and clean up either. And I get flavor and nutritional quality that I look for to give me the energy to keep doing what I do. It is cold and flu season, and I found over time that when I've been eating well, I recover quicker from uh, cold and flu symptoms. And during this time of year, you want to be able to get out and do things without feeling like you're going to be sick for two weeks afterwards. The clean eating and nutrient density in Factor Meals makes me more confident that I'm going to fight back against all the germs that are out there circulating during this time of year. Factor provides over 35 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals that does support a healthy lifestyle and will meet your meal preferences with their variety, all delivered right to your door and ready to pull out of the refrigerator and heat up and eat in two minutes. You don't have to wait 45 minutes for delivery, worry if the food's going to be cold, worry about how much to tip, and mess around with the delivery app. Every week you get a box of meals and they're in your fridge ready to go. They also have an assortment of 45 plus add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes and smoothies. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice too. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable electricity at their production and site offices. So this November, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door, ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com wade50 and use code wade50 to get 50% off. That's code wade50 at factormeals.com slash wade50 to get 50% off. 